Five by five at the movies. Five by five at the movies. We like watching movies. Now listen to the show. Quiet on the set. It's episode three. Yay! Yay. Episode three. We're starting now. How was your week, Mason? Good. This is a terrible intro. We should start. Welcome to Five by Five at the movies. Your once a week podcast all about movie news. The only podcast on the planet that talks about movies and the news associated with them. I'm not, I'm not sure that's true. All the other movie podcasts are garbage. Lock it in. That is your lock of the week. That is a guarantee. I promise you that. We're sitting very close to each other today. That's right, because apparently we are not good at audio. You know, for a show that's on a network that has so many shows about podcasting, we're not very good at it yet, and we got a really good constructive email from podcast listener Fred. So Fred, if you're listening... He's not. He told us in the email he's he not listening. He said he's going to listen a little bit. By the way, this is us trying to improve the audio quality for you, Fred. I hope you enjoy it. That's right. That is a little look behind the curtain of how this works. So to, to fix it, we've taken our omnidirectional microphone, set it to a unidirectional, and now we're just face-to-face practically making out while recording the podcast. All of this is unlistenable. Let's do some news. Let's do. Uh, let's wait and not talk about the DCEU first off, <laughs> because we do that every week. And I'm also not going to talk about the Brady Bunch this week. i got nothing to say about them. Right, now, I mean, it's the most people have talked about the Brady Bunch since the 90s. So That's true. We were good. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow tweeted a picture, or somebody tweeted a picture of her, I should say, uh, in her rescue armor. Explain to me what this is. You were trying to tell it to me a little bit, and I guarantee you I was not paying attention. What is rescue armor? Okay, in the Marvel Universe, in the comics, uh, Pepper Potts is a superhero with an Iron Man suit, but her name is Rescue. And it's kind of like pink and blue it's kind of they kind of like girl it up a little bit for her okay so she is like an another like a female iron man correct but okay. her name is rescue as yeah. opposed to war machine her god i was gonna rescue. say so it's like war machine and but it's so my Potts. theory is that the whole first half or first act of this movie is going to be about everybody hands on deck trying to control the earth because the earth is just falling to shit and that with half of all the people gone, like they can't, they don't really have the infrastructure anymore to keep the world going. So it's like, kind of like martial law. Now, doesn't Pepper Potts still have powers? I don't think she does. Right. They didn't come out and say it, but at the end of Iron Man three, they kind of allude to the fact that he's like, I can fix this. Right, but really you know, Stark is a liar. So he is a liar. He lies a lot. So there's a chance she still has her superpowers. But if she had, uh, still had the uh, oh, what the hell is the name of the power? Anyway, if she still has, like, the firepower inside of her, we should have done our research. Right, um, but I mean, like, they... But also, she wasn't a prominent player in any of the other movies post that. If she has she her powers, power. she doesn't need the suit. Right, like, she showed up in Homecoming. Spoilers. But you can't say spoilers after you say the thing. That's already negated the whole thing. But she showed up, and she, like, has been around in these movies. And she's been in, on screen for about five minutes total. She was, so. uh, she was in Infinity War. I don't think she has Right, powers. but she was in Infinity War for like a couple of minutes just as plot point. But she I was... think she's going to be part of like the new quote-unquote Iron Man team that Tony puts together to kind of like control all the bad stuff that's happening as a fallout from the snap. Okay, so she's going to be having extra powers. Strength. Not powers, suit. Suit, okay. Just but suit. the suit grants you powers. Right. But she's basically going to be an Iron Man. Just an Iron, all right. Iron, Iron Woman. Iron Woman. Did. Yeah. All right, that's, that's all right. fine. That's fine. All right, so that's my that's my news about that. Anything that's, else to add about? No, I just I, I guess it's it's so interesting because you have all of these 
female characters in the Avengers and universe. You're against that. I, all of them, just all of them. <laughs> but uh, outside of Scarlet Witch, Black Widow, all the other kind of like I don't want to say auxiliary because Pepper Potts is prominent, but the wives, girlfriends of these superheroes, mm-hmm. they don't really do anything, or they haven't quite shown up yet. So it's interesting. Until so Captain that... Marvel comes and lays the goddamn fist. Right. Down. So you have her, but she falls in the Scarlet Witch territory because she is a superhero. She is not, you know, Thor's Jane who died off screen. She's not. Jane didn't die. They broke up, but it was like, <laughs> they, like broke up. they broke up, and it was like a hand wave. Like, sorry, she's not here anymore. So. Right. It's interesting because Pepper, I would argue, is definitely in the civilian category, yeah. but is going to be part of the team as opposed to some of the other people who are part of that universe and like chime in. But I think in Iron Man three, we got a little taste of her being a badass. We did for sure. It's just we also had Natalie Portman was a badass in the first two Thor movies. I just disagree. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying comparatively one versus the other, like on a scale, but. She had moments. She did not like those movies. She did no. not want to do that. No, and she missed out on Thor 3, which is great. Yeah, it is. 2 is awful. Two, yeah, no, that's... All right, let's move on. Let's move Robert on. England, the original Freddy Krueger. England. 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 It's a U. Unsland. England. England. Good, good. Let's keep this going. Yes. <laughs> Robert England says he is down to do one more uh, Freddy movie. However, he is absolutely positively sure that the next Freddy movie they make will be another reboot and he doesn't want to do another eight of them. He's like, I'll do one more. So if they do it, they're going to have to go and like this will be like the final chapter of his Freddy movies. He was not in the reboot, correct? No. That had Jackie Earl Haley. Right. Okay. That was uh, the guy that played Rorschach was yeah. Freddy Krueger. Yeah, he was in that. So he's he a was... great actor. I love He's him. great. He's a great put-me-in-a-mask actor. <laughs> he is not a handsome man. Um, I, okay, so here's the thing about Nightmare on Elm Street and all that stuff. I will say, I enjoyed the first one, right. but it hit all of like kind of like those slasher movies did, where once you get to eight, there's not going to be a lot of good ones in the series. That's not all. Once you get to eight, you're not going for good. You're going for that niche market who likes shitty slasher movies. But why does that have to be the case? Why can't you make eight a good movie? Like Fast and Furious? Like Fast and Furious. Like they did it. Like, I would say, though, for sure, they dipped for a little while. And mm-hmm. people would say, you know, three or four. Because it's its own genre. And, like, the longer you go, the more ridiculous you have to get. Right. With. But then they went on an upward spike with five and they went going. So why can't they do that same thing with these horror th- slasher movies? Why can't they make... A good eighth slasher? Yeah. Like a good eighth one Very or a ninth well. one. And, I mean, I, I, I will say I this. I think because the budgets get less and less and less. Because yeah. the turnout gets less and less. You know, you don't have the same person directing Freddy 8 that directed Freddy 1. You don't. And it's it's also such a bummer because the technology has gotten so much better. Like, you could say Freddy vs. Jason was not a good movie. The technology was significantly better than it was for the first Nightmare on Elm Street. That's true. So, I... I, I like Freddy vs. Jason. I like Freddy vs. Jason. But I like Jason. it because it's a shitty slasher it's movie. It's a shitty slasher movie. And, like, I get it. And it's, okay, here the bed is going to, like, smush someone right up and just, like, kill you out that way. I don't mind horror reboots just because the technology has increased and so you can make things scarier. You can make the slasher part more prevalent and something that you can actually see. But I are we saying you can do another movie, but it doesn't have to be a reboot where you do eight movies. You can just like finish the story. Because it's a self-contained story that I think is still a good story, the Nightmare on Elm Street setup. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be chasing kids around in their dreams, just 
do one final and I guess do you think if they do another Nightmare it would be a reboot I, I think that if they do it with Robert uh, Unglund 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 it will not be a reboot it'll be like the last chapter of his but I feel like if they don't go with him it will be a reboot 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 yeah but they did they did like the the one where it was the last one. They always do this. They always do this. The but last he, he movie. But he can come. He lives in dreams. He can keep coming back. He's see, a that's, see. That's why I think like he could do one more and it could be a reboot and it could be like the old Freddy. But because it's a dream, why can't he just metamorphosize into someone different? Why can't he just like take on that role and he, like quote like unquote, Doctor Who? Like yeah, why not? Okay. If it's if it's a dream killer, why, what's the stuff? Like, he turned into a giant snake. He turns into video game characters and all these like dumb old uh, like you know four and five like. Why can't it just be a different actor? Do you like, think he gets to keep the glove? Or a version of the glove? I hope he gets. He has a version of the glove at home. I hope he just sits at home in his robe and every once in a while just throws the glove on. Well, what else is he going to bring to Comic-Con if he doesn't have the glove? I don't think he brings it with him places. I don't think he gets through TSA. No, no, probably not. <laughs> All right. The hat for sure he keeps. He has that hat for sure. Sir, why do you have this uh, razor glove uh, on Freddy Krueger? Oh, oh, of course. Please, right this way. Right this way. Yeah, TSA. They don't give a Uh, shit. He just needs a pat down, guys. Oh, yeah. Good luck. Good (laughs) luck. Pat down the dude with the knife hand. Terrible. All right. What else? What's next? Um, Mark Wahlberg's uh, $6 million man reboot movie. I did not know this was happening. It was happening. And let me tell you something. As someone who loves a really bad Mark Wahlberg movie every once in a while. (laughs) What? No. Uh, the plants, oh my god, the killing. I, I can't do it. Is I, that I, your Wahlberg? I can't. Ooh, I have, ooh, ooh, ooh. like Jerry Seinfeld. I am very bad at accents. I cannot do one to save my life. I think I found the Transformer. See, yeah, see, okay. So, all right, so Six Million Dollar Man. He's doing a reboot of Six Million Dollar Man. It had an original release date of June 5th, 2020, but it got bumped and now has no release date. We will see it eventually, but it got bumped because Wonder Woman's release date, Wonder Woman 1984, got bumped to June 5th, 2020, and he doesn't want to go up against Wonder Woman. Uh, are these movies that would compete against each other? I think so. Who? Okay, so... They're both nerd properties. There's only so many nerds. When is... Okay. I... I never saw Six Million Dollar Man. This was the TV show. Yes, it was so significantly before my time. <laughs> the only rev- relevance it has to my life is that the main the character was Steve Austin, and there's been a so much better Steve Austin in pop culture in the last 20, 30 uh, who years. Who are you talking about? Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay, just checking. Just Stone Cold sure. Steve Austin. Give me a hell yeah! Greatest pop culture character of the last twenty five years. Was he a good guy wrestler or a bad guy? Wrestler? He was an antihero. Okay. He was an anti-hero in the 90s. He's the one who actually... Don't don't believe any of this bullshit about how Tony Soprano started the anti-hero. It was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin is the originator of rooting for the bad guy. Because he didn't give a shit. He would flip you off. He'd beat up his boss. He was, for all intents and purposes, a shitty bad guy. But he was the best at it. So Steve Austin is the... This is how much I don't give a shit about Six Million Dollar Man. Is I just want to talk about Stone Cold Steve Austin. Keep going. I like hearing about but it. But I, I... I just... So who is this movie for? Like... First off, six million dollars doesn't mean anything anymore. <laughs> I'm sure that's gonna be a joke in the in the movie. I'm sure it's gonna be like every single individual piece of him costs six million dollars. I mean, that would have I, I I would have to be the case. But also, you can't if you make it the six billion dollar man. That's a joke. That is a joke pretend movie that no one cares about. But like, I I understand not wanting to compete against Wonder Woman, uh, 1984 because Wonder Woman was a juggernaut. 
different genre franchise whatever you get the idea but wonder woman was a big big movie that everybody saw they saw multiple times so whatever goes against that is going to be a black hole like do not want to go up against that i understand that it's going to be a powerhouse this is going to be a movie that's just not going to do well at all i, I think, think as long as they release it with nothing else around, and they know that they need to be in the sahara they need to have a drought around them as long as it's and that's why they're not picking a release date they're checking to see where everybody else places theirs as long as there's nothing else around it i think it'll make its money I just, I just, I don't, because I, I, I have no emotional attachment to Six Million Dollar Man. I have no invested interest in this. So are you just going to make a super cop? Like, we tried RoboCop a few years ago. Like, the super cop idea. Six Million Dollar Man is not RoboCop. He's is it, way better than RoboCop. Isn't it the same idea? Yes. Okay, so it's both about, like, a normal, is it, was the Six Million Dollar Man, like, a cop or just a normal person? I think he's just a normal person. All right, so, but the idea is still, they have two people who, or the, each someone who, has been given enhancements to make them better, stronger, faster, harder, like the Daft Punk song, <laughs> and make it to a point where then they can like fight crime or so. So it's RoboCop. All right, it's RoboCop. Yeah, sure, but he's, six he's million like, dollar man is RoboCop. But he's not like they made a robot out of man. It's like they enhanced a human man, so now he's like like better and more agile. RoboCop's like this clumsy drone kind of thing. Whereas six million dollar man, he's running, he's running, running, then. And then jumps like over. Okay, I know, the, I know, I know the beats in pop culture because I've, because I know about pop culture. Right. But like, I can't tell you like what a normal plot is. So it was an episodic like Miami Vice, but with superpowers. Okay. All right. Neither here nor there got pushed back. They were discussing going to December, but then there's going to be a Star Wars movie that December in 2020. Yeah, there'll be like a, another standalone. Oh, okay, so they are going to do... I thought they weren't going to do any more standalones. There's still one slot. They're not saying which one, but they still have the slot. Okay, because episode 9 comes out in... This, this upcoming year, 2019. 20, December 2019. Correct. Okay, so this is going to be the first one that like posts that. Of like, uh, I don't know. Okay, so... I think we'll still get... They're still going to want their mind. We're still going to get standalones. Yeah, but after Solo, I feel like that's a lot less likely to jump in with that I think they're gonna do a better time or a better job <laughs> well y- yes obviously I mean the biggest thing about Solo was that the only news you heard about it was director, director director reshoot blah 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 blah. so the only thing so you went in like alright well, let's see the best you could do and a lot of people just didn't show up for it because they were scared of what was gonna happen so like there's only so much you can do at that point poor Solo I actually thought it was a really good movie. I enjoyed it. Do you it. think... Okay, so this is more philosophical, I would oh, say. Oh, please. I'm ready. Let's get it, real. It is, it is not philosophical. I've ever taken it back. Are we currently now in a setting where you can't see more than one movie? And I mean that in the sense of, like, as I remember, like, are we, have we reached a point where it's Friday night? Obviously, you can't, you know, you got to choose. You're either going to see this blockbuster or this blockbuster. Is that still so prevalent that people need to be afraid of going against another movie? Yes, I think that uh, most people don't get free movies. Uh, but I don't mean that in a free movie setting. I just mean that in a sense of that... It, movies are expensive, and you only have so much ex- expendable income, so that might be your treat for like this month is going to the movies. Okay, so there still is that mentality of, I will see it... Because I feel like, and if what you... if your blockbuster sucks? Like, what if you put out a blockbuster and it gets lukewarm reviews? And it's like I'm not going back to the movies. I just had a bad experience. You got to jazz yourself up again. I, I guess I mean, like, I still I feel like maybe maybe because I am in this bubble, just because I don't see it opening weekend, I still see it the second week. I'm still seeing the movie, so I'm just not seeing it right away, and it's not getting that immediate emotional impact. But if it has a good word of mouth, like, 
we both go to a movie on a Friday. We both see two different things. The next week we go to the movies, we see the other movie. That doesn't change its overall gross. It's it just doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't hit that, that immediate impact. You want to be able to put out that immediate uh, uh, ad that says, number one movie in America. I, I guess, yeah. I, I, I guess my whole thought about this is like I'm not so... When's the last time you heard of a movie doing well because it was a slow burn? Um... I'm sure they're out there. They're but, out there for sure. But, but you but... need like everyone go see it. It's great. Now keep that momentum. It's like a, it's like a roll downhill, not a push uphill. I guess I guess I'm 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 just not as convinced anymore. The idea that you only get to see one movie a month, and if you don't get it, you're never going to see it again. And there's so many other ways to consume movies and consume. Speaking of, my movie pass stock is doing terribly. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad idea i bought some stock in movie pass because i thought it was the wave of the future it's down to one cent a share so good yeah. luck good luck with that i feel like if movie pass could have held on and done more i think you would have been i will a pay you spot. a nickel right now for it no i have more than one cent i have more than five shares how many shares of movie stock do you have i have like 20 that's like 20 cents okay i'll give you a quarter right now that's a, that's a up on the investment i will give you a quarter right okay, now i will sign over my shares and move okay past you. Deal. that's great all right cool that means i can afford three more gumballs after that <laughs> you have a dollar i've got 20 of left i mean i got a dollar it's more you got movie pass that's more than i have a movie pass that's all right five so times that you have a movie pass <laughs> four times well five times you're right oh all my right. god i'm numbers stupid oh it's my fine god. i was thinking of quarters go fuck yourself <laughs> All right, let's talk about another piece of news. Guillermo del Toro, which yes. I spelled horribly in here. I used K's instead of L's. That's weird. How? I'm blutter stupid, too. Guillermo del Toro finally gets to do his stop-motion Pinocchio movie. He's been trying forever. It's the old, original Pinocchio story, like the real dark, gritty, like uh, fairy tale version, and it's going to be a stop-motion animation for Netflix. Cool. I like I, I love Caramel del Toro. I, I can tell you love him so much. I can't say I, his name. I don't, I don't know. I I saw Pinocchio. I, I saw the Geppetto movie with Drew Carey back in the early 2000s. What? You remember this? I don't remember this movie. Yeah, it was like a made-for-TV thing with Drew Carey, and it was he played Geppetto. I'm gonna look into this. You should look into this. I, I I'm good. I'm excited. That's awesome. Netflix movie, cool. Go for it. Go wild. I personally am. I, I'm not as drawn to that story. I'm not as emotionally attached to that story. So it's going to be cool that I'm not movies... either. I just want to see more dark, demonic shit from Guillermo. I mean, yes, obviously that's going to be the case. But does Pinocchio need to be dark and demonic? The original story was. Well, yeah, all the original stories were. All the original, right. like, fairy tales and whatnot were dark and scary and brooding. I want and... the dark version of all of them. I don't want to keep rebooting these, you know, like, uh, shitty Disney movies. I don't, I don't know. I don't think Disney movies, I think Disney movies, like, they're successful and they're memorable and they're classic I mean, like, the Disney Channel versions where they keep telling the same story over and over, but now it's modern day. Well, I don't mean, like, Aladdin Return of Jafar or The Prince of Thieves where they go direct the DVD VHS style. I mean, like, your classic standalone original story. I think it's just. I want an adult be, version. I don't think you, gets like thrown in a fire. And I shit. don't think we need that. I don't think we need the dull, gritty, scary just because the original source material was blah, blah, blah. It's like, no. Disney found their success by turning this into a kid's story that we can love and soak in and feel dramatic beats to it, but it's still a feel good story. I don't think it needs to be. What if it's like they have I like want the, some hot evil garbage? They have what, what is it? Uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch that's yeah. coming out as gritty well. Re- re- gritty re- reboot yeah. as well. It's like. Why? What is it? like that is like a hokey classic Did you like the dark gritty reboot of Power Rangers? 
Yeah, but that's... Then suck it, because that was great. Well, I did, but I'm also not the target fan base for that, because <laughs> I love Power Rangers, and like, I'll lap that shit up with a spoon. But every other version of that, and I'll even admit, like, the dark, gritty Power Rangers, there were some moments that were like, does this need to be there? But it was still, at the end, a light-hearted story. There were dark moments, but it wasn't, like, a dark, fucked-up movie. I don't want to I see mean, a... There'll probably be a nice light moment at the end of Pinocchio. Yeah, I, I don't want a nice light moment at the end. I want the whole thing. I want to... I can feel suspense, but I don't want it to just be, like, watching the whole movie with my hands over my eyes, like, cringing. I don't it's want also that. also stop-motion animation. I just think... I don't think it's going to be, like, a horror movie. I think it's just going to be dark. What is the most recent stop-motion animation? Because I'm trying to think, and for some reason... Uh, Anomalisa. What? Anomalisa. What is that? It was a Draft House Recommends. The, it was like an adult. They looked like marionettes, but it was stop motion. Oh, And there's like thing. puppet sex in it, like Team America, but it's like serious. <laughs> serious puppet sex. It was yeah. serious puppet sex. That is, Yeah, that has been a while. Yeah, I do not remember it's, that. It's not a, a well-used medium. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, okay, so you're excited about it. I'm not as excited about it, but I just, I'm not... I'm not looking for dark and gritty. That's fine. If I'm watching a Netflix movie, it's already like 10.30 at night, and I'm like in bed. <laughs> I am not. I'm like getting ready to go to sleep. I am not looking to just like freak out. Super off topic. I just started making a murderer season two. I haven't gotten there yet. I watched the first season. I really liked the first season. I'm worried because from what I've read, like the first episode or two episodes is all about them patting themselves on the back for how good. Look it's how good not, we did. It's not about them patting themselves on the back. It's just being like, it's, I think it's almost like saying, yes, we benefited from this. And yes, we omitted some information, but now we're laying more stuff on the table. Right. So they are doubling down on the, yes, we might have forgotten this information, but here's all this other stuff that we did. And they like, also play a lot of footage of people saying you know fuck making a murderer and you're ruining people's lives stop doing this oh yeah stuff. no i remember I, I i did read something about that where it's not really talked about but like the hallbach family is not super thrilled about making they a murder. not like i and i i completely understand it's like yeah no that's fine don't uh, don't get excited about it. hey we're immortalizing the person who probably killed your sister i will say this i'm a couple episodes into season two and i am more likely to believe Stephen Avery now than I was after the first season. I, I, I'm still Just on, I, 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 you're treating it like I haven't seen, I'm still on the fence whether or not he did it or not. Right. I do think there's some shady things, but also it is hard to look past the fact that he set a cat on fire. Right. And, the, <laughs> and like they omitted a bunch of stuff like that is hard to look past. Like, Oh no, there's some potential here. But if you set a cat on fire, I'm going to go ahead and say you should spend, the bulk of your life in jail. That's fair. No, that's, that's setting cats on fire. No, that's that is for sure a sign. I love cats. <laughs> do you like cats? I am allergic to cats. Do you like dogs? I'm allergic. I'm allergic to most pets, but I do. I did have cats growing up, and I still do around. So okay. I I do love cats, but I am. Do you like dogs? Yes. Do you like my dog? Nope. Okay, just checking. We're not going into this. All right. Uh, let's do an interview. Let's t- let's play Go an interview. It. Kick it away. This is the interview I did with. Famous person, Nakia. He was on The Voice season one. He got top eight semifinals. So for a hot minute, he was like real, real popular and got to do a whole bunch of stuff. I didn't know he did episodes of Kevin Smith's podcasts with Kevin Smith. So I got super jealous, but you can hear all about it right now. Here's my interview with Nakia. Woo. My office this is the first interview I'm recording in my office, which is pretty much just a room I store my Star Wars Legos in. And I'm joined by the ever-famous Nakia. Hello. Hi, Nakia. Well, you're looking around the office. Yeah, I'm just... There's a lot of nerd stuff in here. Yeah. There's stuff in here that I'm... 
I didn't realize you had. Like so what? I didn't realize you had the the uh, Kevin Smith shirt. Oh yeah, that was cool. And uh, the uh, Pink Ranger. Um, Me- meeting the Pink Power Ranger was the greatest day of my life. Yeah, you seem to be really into Amy Jo Johnson. I love Amy Jo Johnson. Yeah, it's pretty rad. Um, and then of course I I kind of knew that you liked Star Wars Legos, but. <laughs> know that I was prepared. I really like Star Wars Legos. I have a lot of them. Yeah. But here we are. Here we are. In Legoland. In, it's not Legoland. Yeah. It's Star Wars Legos. I have the wall of star fuckery behind you. Oh, wait. That is all the pictures of me with famous people. Yet, somehow I'm not up there. You're not? That's true. Yeah. I haven't turned you into a canvas yet. I mean, I feel like I'm just as famous, if not more famous, than the Daniel Radcliffe dummy. Manny? Yeah, that's that's a picture of me with the dummy from Swiss Army Man. That's true. Yeah. Lots of people think that picture is me with actual Daniel Radcliffe, and that makes me happy. It would make me happy, too, because it's clearly a dummy. It is clearly a dummy. And I'm laying on his chest. I don't think right. Harry Potter would let me do that. No. All right, Nikki, tell us about yourself. Well, um, I am a uh, singer yeah. and performer, songwriter. I live here in Austin and have so for uh, just over 17 years. Yeah. Um, I uh, have a band right now that I play with uh, called the Blues Grifters, and I have a record out right now that I just released after recording for uh, about seven years called Blues Grifter. It took you seven years to record this album? Well, we started like one or two songs back then, and then, you know, it took a while. I was on a television show in the middle of that. Which right. was one of the biggest pauses. What television show was that? Uh, the Voice. Right. What on season? NBC on season one. How far did you get? I was a semifinalist, uh, top eight. Nice. So I was basically the the last person on my team uh, to get um, out before the top four. Got it. Um, yeah. So I was on every episode but three, basically, okay. of that season. We don't talk about that a lot. No, but it's not that I'm like, I don't like talking about it. Not, I enjoy, you know, reliving those moments. Those were good times. Because you were hella famous for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was pretty intense. Yeah. How much fan mail did you get because of that show? Did you get a lot of fan uh, mail? You know, fan mail doesn't really exist so much anymore. Right. So, so it's, not it's, the 50s. it's really like at mentions and, you know, tags and this or, you know, what... Even then, Facebook Messenger wasn't as popular, so, you know, I would get messages on Facebook Messenger on my page, but um, a lot of the times it was just, you know, tweets or... Instant messages. Instant messages and stuff. Um, And that's cool. You know, I still remember very clearly um, getting a message on Facebook uh, through my fan page from someone who was an active service member who had watched the show overseas and um, was had decided to come out of the closet um, after seeing me on television. Why? Uh, I don't know. They they just felt like that. You know, me being out and you're what? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> yeah. me being out on the show. Mm-hmm. You know, and ha- having Robert each week on the show with me was mm-hmm. uh, really inspiring. And uh, that's great. Yeah. So I, I'm still kind of moved when I think about that. That was uh, that was then that was like well before the repeal of "Don't Ask, Don't Tell." Then yeah, it was. Wow, yeah, that's intense, man. 
Um, you know, and I, it, the show uh, introduced me to a lot of great people. Right. Uh, it introduced me to, uh, you know, millions of people all over the world. And, um, you know, one of those people um, that I just happened to connect with in the process was Kevin Smith. Right. Um, who was taping an episode of a podcast mm-hmm. uh, that he was doing at the time called Hollywood Babylon. Um, and, I love Hollywood Babylon. And uh, they were they were sh- they were taping it at Universal City or City Walk. Um, yeah, the, then... the place that John Lovett's owned mm-hmm. is where they used to record. Yeah, it before they had a following out. They yeah. had a following out with John Lovett's. And uh, so I went while I was on the show. Uh, the the f- I guess that was the Friday after I was eliminated and saw the show and. Um, you know, hung out with Kevin for a bit afterwards, and then he ended up inviting me to his house the following Monday to come do his one of his shows that he taped at the house. How do I not know this story? You don't know this? I don't know anything about yeah. this story. I'm kind of angry. And so uh, I went to his house in Hollywood, and and was uh, it Smodcast? Is that what you did? Yeah. You did. Yeah. There's an episode of Smodcast with you on it. Yeah. I'm gonna go back and find it. Yeah, I went, and um, you know, Jen was a big fan. Her their daughter was yeah. a big fan, and and so Harley. Yep, and so I got to meet them, and uh, <laughs> I thought I was a big Kevin Smith fan. Right. Or anything. No, no I got to, I got to see Kevin Smith's bedroom, which that's was, cool. Yeah, uh, they have a really nice house. Um, I would hope. Yeah, I mean it's it's like modest, you know. It's not like a really yeah. So it's a Hollywood Hills house, you know. Uh, I, I got to sign his. They had me sign their podcast desk. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big Kevin Smith fan, and the Kevin Smith shirt I have on the wall is a one year while I was one of the coordinators of Fantastic Fest. We were doing the premiere at Tusk, mm. and I was walking around with a Kevin Smith shirt that said Fat Man on it for his Fat Man on Batman podcast. Mm-hmm. And I tried all day to find him, to touch him, to go near him. <laughs> I tried anything I could do, and uh, I just. I, there kept being like these little emergencies that I had to go fix and finally I just gave up and I went into the the theater and I went to the hallways and I just like leaned against the wall and went shit I'm never gonna meet him and then leading right next to me there was Kevin Smith oh, wow. who just introed his movie and he's like oh man and he was wearing a jersey with this exact same logo that's so cool and I just blurted out will you sign my tummy <laughs> and he's like sure yeah and he was really nice about it he signed my tummy and that's cool that yeah, was, Kevin's been great to me, and and um, I was his uh, date when he came to town for to be honored by the Austin Human Rights Campaign. And, that's cool. Um, yeah, even though I'm sober, I spent uh, an evening in his hotel room uh, rolling joints for him. But nice. Kevin doesn't really roll his own joints. No, I don't think he. Really He's knows. a later life stoner, and I, I think, yeah, and he, I don't think he really knows how. Maybe that's so. Um, I. Rolled a bunch of joints and we talked and you know we talked about a lot of shit that night. It was a really fun. Well, night. he's a talker. He loves to talk. Yeah, so we and we I'm had jealous. a we had a really good time. Yeah. And Hollywood Babylon, I love Ralph Garman a whole lot. Ralph's great. Yeah, he's awesome. I didn't get to uh, to meet him, but for a second that night, but um, I really liked that that podcast. He's a funny dude. Yeah. Well, we're off track. Let's talk about. Well, we're, that's technically movie related. Yeah. What's your favorite Kevin Smith movie? Oh gosh, um, I would have to say Clerks. The, Smart. You know, I mean, Smart, safe choice. Yeah, it, well, I think it's really the best choice. I mean, uh, he's made great. Uh, I love all of his movies, but to me, there's just such a. You know, I, I watched it recently, probably in the last year. I guess it came on somewhere, and um, and I just kept thinking, God, like you know, 
it's it's so irreverent mm-hmm. like just in, in its script for one thing but just like in the sense of the way it kind of tells itself the, the way the story kind of lays out I I really love it and I and and I love all those people all the characters all of mm-hmm. the the actors they're they're all really funny so and I don't <laughs> I think that the crazy thing is is that Jay's performance in the movie is so like legit you know it's so real and it just like I remember when I first saw it thinking like I know those guys like you know mm-hmm. what I mean like those were the people that I hung out with um, wait you, you've met them before you saw the movie no no no, no. you know what I mean like I like you'd see somebody and think like oh that, that's somebody that right somebody I know you know um, and then you do meet them and you're like oh this is the, you know the kinda, way you are yeah the way you are so um, yeah Hachi, stop scratching. If you're wondering what that noise in the background is, that's my terminal dog who won't stop scratching himself. He's alright. Yeah. Stop it, Hachi. Um, So, yeah. I would say Clerks, for sure. Um, And, uh, you know, I think after that... mm, Probably Dogma. Dogma's great. Yeah. I was surprised how much I love Dusk. Yeah, how much I'll keep watching Tusk over and over and over. It's again. a strange movie. Though. It's a strange one. Yeah. I like Justin Long a lot. Yeah, I liked him in Zack and Mary. Mm, that's a great movie. That is a great movie. I didn't see that again. I got too. a lot of hate, but I love Zack and Mary. Yeah, yeah. They also released it on Halloween. Oh, so like nobody went to go see it because they released it on Halloween. Right. So that really fucked them. <laughs> All right, when you're watching movies at home. Mm. What's what's the situation? Do you just watch them on a laptop or no? We watch them on the couch on the on the fifty five inch four K. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Got some got some numbers there. Yeah. Well, because everybody's got a four K now, so it's like really about how big it is, right? Right. It's all. Boy, you're preaching to the choir. (laughs) Curse of my life. Uh, What uh, what's the light level? That I don't know. No. 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 I'm saying, what's the light level in your house? Like, do you turn the lights? Oh no, the lights have got to be off. Well, it's gotta be off. Yeah, I don't, I don't really like... Like, I can watch some television during the day. Right. You know, and like, even... Because the way the, the light is in, in our house, like, right. even if I close the blinds all the way, there's still mm-hmm. some residual light that's kind of come You're through. You're in a cul-de-sac, right? Yeah. I remember. So, if I... During the day, if I want to avoid that, I've got to tilt the TV a little bit um, so that there's it, no it's glare. in the corner so there's no glare. But, you know, i got to watch TV and... and and movies in the dark, really. That's my All right. my thing. I'm not a big fan of having the lights on. What's the snacks at you? Um, I'm a big fan of... Uh, <laughs> of Cracking uh, yourself up already. Like. No, just thinking about... I really lately have been addicted to these um, uh, Chips Ahoy uh, Deluxe Rainbow cookies. Yep. The ones that have the M&Ms in them. Yeah. Yeah, they're so good. So Why is that funny? I, love uh, I just, because I was thinking about how much I kind of could eat like a whole sleeve of those. Right, of course. Yeah. Um, so that that's usually the snack situation. Uh, unless, you know, Robert and I live kind of close to like a bunch of different fast food places. So a lot of times we'll just, you know, especially in the summer, like we'll, one of us will go out for like a dip cone or um, mm-hmm. Something from Dairy Queen or, you know, something like that. But most of the time, it's it's just you know cookies. Like he he likes those. Ugh, I just don't even think about them. They're like really thin 
cookies called Tate's. I call them Taint cookies because they're like, (laughs) they give me heartburn, number one. But number two, they're like really thin chocolate chip cookies. It's just like somebody squished and pressed all the love out of them. You know, I just... I don't like You're it. like a chewy cookie. I like a, I like a thick, a moist, moist, chewy cookie. You know, uh, uh, you know what cookies I used to love was uh, the ones that uh, that um, what do they call them? No bake. Yeah. Oh god, those things were great. Where they basically just take some dough with some chocolate and some, some kind of like, you know, like thistle kind of. I don't know what it is. Right. Like throw it on a pan. So, you know. I don't like crunchy stuff during movies. I'm, now I'm on a bubble tea kick. Oh. Because you can drink and eat at the same time. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> quietly. And until quietly. You get, until you get to the bottom. Yeah. Right. And then <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I just I'd leave it alone at that point. Yeah. I, uh, I'm i not a big popcorn fan. I've never been a big popcorn fan. Um, if I go to the movies, I would say... Um, you know, nine and a half times out of ten, we're at a draft house and we're we're ordering off menu. You know, right. usually when we go to the movies, it's like a date lunch or date dinner. Dinner, you know, and so we we just don't eat before we go and and do the whole. And sometimes I'll get the um, the Reese's pieces and the little takeout. Yep, thing. little Chinese takeout container. Yeah, I love that. There's a lot of fucking Reese's Pieces in there. So. Yeah, they, they don't fuck around with their candy no. at the draft house. <laughs> it's like they put two whole, maybe three whole packs of yeah. Reese's Pieces inside of that. Like, if you get the candy at the Alamo Draft House, you're leaving without a foot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it. they might as well just add, like, please add diabetes to my ticket. Yeah, leave them there with a sugar foot. That's what <laughs> you're going to do. All right, what about when you're not at a draft house? What's your favorite thing to sneak into a movie? My favorite thing to sneak into a movie? Yeah. Well, I think even sometimes when I'm at a draft house, if I'm going to sneak something in, it would probably be... I'm trying to think the last time I really had to. That's against the rules, Nikki. I know. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that I've ever really snuck anything. Maybe I snuck a bottle of water in one time. I just, you can get free water while you're there. Yeah, but not you said when I'm not at the draft house. Okay. So maybe then, but you have to remember that I grew up right working at a theater, you know. So I didn't know that. Yeah. So I I was a projectionist and you know concession. How would I have this conversation either? I don't know anything about you're you. Too busy you're busy for eight years. Big life of the, you all the stuff. You I'm do. a very important person. That's um. True. So you know I. I always got free concessions right. and free movies, and um, you know when I was a kid working in the theater, you know you could still smoke in the VIP rooms. Um, right. The, you know that was kind of what it was. My life was like. Right. You know? I mean, Thursday nights were you know let's close the place down and you know reel up, you know, Batman or whatever was coming out, and at midnight we, we have the watch party, you know, and we'd have b- beers and cigarettes and joints or whatever it was we were doing. And That's how I want to watch a movie. Hell and, yeah. And um, and it's crazy because when I moved here and I discovered the draft house, I thought, oh man, I bet those guys do that every Thursday right before the... And nobody does that. No. It's not a thing here. I mean, you can have beers, but... Yeah, but I meant like, it, you know, like... Because by the time I got here, Draft House was already doing midnight screenings. Right. Like, they kind of helped usher in 
the even the idea that it became oh well let's all go to the movies on Thursday at midnight yeah you know which I love doing me too because that's what I used to do as a kid right so um, yeah all right let's go back to some star fuckery who's your favorite celebrity <laughs> you've ever met um my favorite celebrity I've ever met Ooh. um well, CeeLo's really high on the list. Because, um, right. you know, he was my coach on the show. Um, he became, you know, uh, a friend and continued mentor after the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think he's a super creative guy. And he also introduced me to the Muppets. So it's it's kind of hard. Not to, the TV show, but literally physically introduced Physically you. introduced me to the Muppets. Um, and... Uh, so I would say he's pretty high on the list. Um, and then, you know, I really enjoyed meeting Taylor Swift. Right. Um, she's, to me, was and Robert, she was super legit cool. And um, I got really close so I could bend over and uh, scold your dog from licking himself. Um, Stop it, Hodge. Uh, <laughs> Not in front of company. Right. Uh, I really enjoyed meeting her, and she she really was super cool down to earth. It was right after she wrote the letter to Apple. <laughs> God bless you, Hashi. Hashi yeah, no, you get, it's you, a podcast. You, Shut up. You got a little too much, huh? Yeah. Um, right after she'd written the letter to Apple about um, streaming music rights and stuff. And, right. And so we had a lot to talk about. And we were the last people to meet her in, in line that night. And she spent time with us and talked to us and was really cool. That is cool. Um, and, uh, man, there's just so many people that I've met in my life that are super cool. Mavis Staples was really nice. She prayed with me because my, my grandmother was sick that night. And I they were taken into the hospital. And I got the call during the middle of the show. I thought that was really sweet. Um, and, uh, man, I don't know. There's just, uh, there's a bunch. I mean, Kevin, I think Kevin is, is one of the, oh, I'm sorry. Well, Kevin's, you know, easily one of my favorite people too, just because, you know, he's always been super cool to me. Um, you know, he just treats me like a regular dude and, and I like that, you know, I don't, we don't like, um, I don't geek out around him or whatever. And, and, you know, I'm just like, I'm just hanging out. There's not a lot of lose my shit people. He's one of them. Really? I could I could not be cool around Kevin Smith. Really? He's too important. Yeah. I mean, I think you know because I'm I'm hung out with him in between when I was sober. So right. I was sober until 2009, and then back again in 2011. Or between 2010 and 2011, I so was. So your 2010 so. was awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we hung out in 2011. 2012, right. once, right, right before I got sober again, right, um, at South by Southwest, and and got super duper high, and and so that was kind of like you know, well, you know, the other person I would say too is is um, and I, it's weird because I don't even think, well, I gotta sit back up. <laughs> if you lean back on the couch, no one's gonna hear you, right? Um, I don't really think about him as a celebrity anymore because we're we're such good friends, and that's Adam Duritz from The Counting Crows. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, again, there's somebody that, as a kid, I completely idolized, you know, all through college, one of my favorite songwriters, Mm -hmm. um, 
and uh, would have never imagined in a million years that I would, you know, be close with him and, and hang out and stay at his place in New York, all that stuff. He He's a really awesome dude. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, well, let's do some plugs. Okay. Where can people see you? Where can they get the album? Um, you can see me in Austin um, at the Highball on November 24th, right after Thanksgiving. Yeah, this should be out by then, yeah. Yeah, um, so uh, that would be the next time that you'll be able to see me in Austin. Uh, we've got another show in December. We're doing the New Year's Eve show for the city. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing the Armadillo Christmas Bazaar. That's cool. Yeah. That's a big one. That's a big one. And uh, and then we have a, a Saxon Pub show in December as well. Um, not a whole lot else um, on the books yet. We just hired a new booking agent. so That's a lot of shows. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's lot. A lot. That's a lot in Austin. We need to be out on the road. Right. You know? um, so hopefully that's what. What about I... for all my hundreds of thousands of millions of listeners all around the country and world? Where can they hear you? Uh, Nakia.net is the easiest place to start. You know? Nakia.net. Yeah, N-A-K-I-A.net. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also find me pretty much on all social media at Nakia, N-A-K-I-A. That's good you um, got to it first. Yeah. Everyone else got ruckus first. Yeah. I got really fortunate, and, and I asked really nicely to the people who did already have those um, mm-hmm. and explained my situation, and, and they easily gave them up. I think partially because Nakia's are we we're, we're a small group. <laughs> yeah. And they we want to push our, our our leaders to the front, you know. So yeah. yeah. Did I ever say the story of the coffee shop? About the the, the name? One, yeah, the name. No, I remember something about it. Somebody already had it. Yeah, so I opened a coffee shop called Cafe Ruckus and rest there was a guy rest in peace, yeah. God bless. Uh, and then there was a guy named Kaffer Uckus in like Russia or something and I kept sending him a message like hey you don't use any of your social media can I have it and just nothing back from Kaffir Uckus fuck that guy fuck Kaffir Uckus um just out of curiosity I noticed huh. the other day I got an email huh. about tea service at Cafe Ruckus it was a while ago yeah what oh uh someone bought the mailing list oh okay gotcha that has a tea service no the, the, uh, the Cafe Ruckus is not coming back okay gotcha it was a fail experiment yeah alright just making sure uh, yeah, so that's, you know, and I'm on all the Spotify, Apple Music, YouTubes, um, when it's not down. When it's nice. Went down yesterday. Well, YouTube everybody, went down. Everybody freaked out yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, yeah it was weird. It's a couple hours. Yeah. A couple hours of that videos. Millions yeah. of views yeah. lost. Million, of course. Yeah. <laughs> just, just like my millions of listeners. Yeah. Awesome. All right, well, thank you, Nikia, for being with us. Back to you, Keith and Mason. And that's going to do it for this week's 5x5 five five of the movies. Special thank you to my co-host, Mason Shear. I still don't have anything to plug because I'm bad at this. You don't have to plug. You can just plug the show. Say come back next week and listen to us. Come back next week and listen to us. Thank you to Nikia for doing the interview. Thank you so much to everyone listening. Please review us on iTunes if you're so inclined. Email us just like Fred did if you want to see changes in the show at... 5x5film at gmail.com with any questions, concerns, or criticism. Uh, Thank you, Dan Benjamin, Hattie Cook, and everyone at the 5x5 Network. We'll see you all next week for another 5x5 of the movies. Roll credits.